Welcome to Orchard Community Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We are glad you are here to learn, grow, and deepen your relationship with Christ. This week's message is brought to you by Pastor Matt Hoyt. If you think about the accomplishments of humanity over the last several decades, it seems pretty amazing. I mean, we put people on the moon, we split the atom, Technology has increased by leaps and bounds. We have access to more information than any other people in history. You know, even our phones have more computing power than the first computers that took up entire buildings. It's really pretty big and impressive. Until you look out into space, right? into the universe, and you see galaxy upon galaxy, and you kind of realize that what we are here is big fish in a little pond here on the earth, because the universe is so big, and we are really so small. And the truth is that that reality is a lot greater than most of us realize. Because when we look out, not just us, when astronomers with powerful telescopes, when they look out into the universe, the reality is there is a whole lot there that they can't even see. You see, scientists have discovered something that's called dark matter. And the universe is full of dark matter. And they call it dark matter because you can't see it. It's invisible against the black backdrop of the universe. But scientists know it's there because of the effect it has on the things around it, like gravity. There's also something that scientists have discovered called dark energy. And this is an energy that's infused in our universe. And it actually counteracts the laws. of of gravity, and it's what's causing the universe to continue to expand. But here is what is the most amazing part to me. See, the thing is that dark matter makes up somewhere around 28 to 30 percent of the universe. Dark energy makes up somewhere around 68 to 70 percent of the universe. So what that means is that when astronomers look out on the universe and they see galaxy after galaxy, the reality is that they can't even see 95 to 99% of all that's out there. The universe is way, way bigger than we ever imagined before these discoveries. And by the same token, we are a lot smaller than we imagined by the same by those same discoveries. Well, as you know, our theme for VBS this year is called Blast Off. It's a galactic experience with the bigness of God. And it's got this space theme. And it was complete with rocket ships and astronauts. I know you saw the astronauts we had. There was even an alien sighting one day. So, you know, it's big time stuff going on here. Well, the theme verse for uh, VBS was Isaiah 59.9. And all the scriptures are printed on your little song sheet for this morning. And that theme verse in it, God says this. God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are greater than your thoughts. So what God is saying here is just like the heavens above are greater than the earth below, I, God, and my thoughts and my ways are greater than you and your thoughts and in your ways, God is big. That's what this verse is saying. And just, here's the thing. Just like the universe 
Since they discovered dark matter and dark energy, it just, just, just since then we realized the universe is so much bigger than we ever imagined. And the truth may be that God may be a lot bigger than you ever imagined. So each day at VBS, our kids were learning things. They looked at different scriptures and different examples from the Bible about the bigness of God and why that's good news for us. And so today we're going to dig into what they learned and we're going to see how these big ideas that our little people learned are important for us big people too. All right? So pray with me. Loving God, we pray that you'd speak to us today because these themes of VBS aren't just for children. They're promises that you've made for all people for all time, and they have a big impact on our lives. They truly are good news. So we pray that that good news would touch our hearts and our minds this morning in a deep way. In Jesus' name, amen. So the very first verse that our kids looked at on Monday was Genesis 1-1, first verse of the Bible. It's a fitting place to start, right? They looked at actually the whole creation story, but Genesis 1-1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I want you to notice that even before that verse gets to the creation part, it tells us something about God. It says, in the beginning, there was God. So before there was anything else, there was God and God alone. God is what the great philosopher Aristotle referred to as the unmoved mover, the primary beginning to all things, the thing that always was. You see, you have to have something that always was because you can't get something from nothing, right? And so there has to be something that always was. Now, many scientists would say that was matter. We would say it's God who created that matter that makes up all things. But we would say that God is the creator. So our kids learned today, the first thing they learned is that God is bigger than everything because God made everything that there is. And that is such an important truth. The idea that God is big can be scary for people sometimes because a big God, well, that's probably someone that you should listen to. And we kind of like being in charge, don't we? So what a lot of people really prefer is small gods that are easy to ignore or to dismiss altogether. But the Bible is clear that our God is big, that he's really big, that he's even bigger than the heavens. And if you think about it, with the discovery of dark matter and dark energy, we've come to realize that the universe is way bigger than we ever imagined. And God is even bigger than that. And that's a good thing. It really is. Because this life is hard sometimes. We need a God with the power to change our lives. And we need a God with the power to change this world. On Christmas Day, 1968, something amazing happened. The Apollo rocket was orbiting the moon with three astronauts aboard. And as they came across the dark side of the moon, they were going to head home. But as they did, from the dark side of the moon, they saw the earth rise above the moon, this beautiful blue and white sphere. And behind it was the gleaming light of the sun. So it was this most amazing rise of the earth and the sun all together. It was a beautiful, amazing sight. And these astronauts, these men of science, as they were seeking to say something important in this moment, there was only one thing that could capture 
the awe-inspiring thrill of that moment. Notice they didn't turn to science. They didn't turn to philosophy. They didn't turn to poetry. That morning as they uh, made a radio broadcast to billions of people, this is what they said. They said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they read the first 10 verses of Genesis because it was the only thing that they could find that was worthy enough to describe the unspeakable awe of what they were seeing. They had this inescapable sense of the, of the infinite, of the eternal, of God. Wouldn't we want to know a big, amazing God like that. Well, Tuesday, our kids looked at Psalm 139. And you know, the very first part of that psalm says something important. It says, God knows you. And it, and it doesn't say that God knows you just a little bit. It actually says God knows you very deeply. It says that God knows your, your thoughts, that God knows your ways, that God knows your words even before you speak them. You know, I know today there's a lot of people that struggle with feeling alone, that struggle with feeling unknown by anyone, struggle with feeling unseen. But one of the great promises of 139 is that we have a God who is with us, who knows us, who sees us for who we truly are. And that is a pretty great promise. But it doesn't stop there. Psalm 139 goes on. And I want us to look at verses 7 through, through 10. It says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise up on the wings of dawn, I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Psalms are often poetic, and this one is, but it speaks an important truth. It says, we're never alone. You are never alone in this life. God is always there, always with us. God is so big, in fact, that there's nowhere we could go to hide from him. You see, most of the time, the idea that God is with us and knows us is a comforting thought, isn't it? We, we, most of the time, we like that thought, but not always, right? Sometimes, we'd rather hide, like when we're not being our best selves and doing our best things. We'd rather God didn't see those things. Our kids learned about a man named Jonah. Jonah ran from God. He tried to hide from God. He ended up in the belly of a whale, and you know what he found? God was even there too. There's nowhere that we can go that God is not there. It's a comfort to know that God is always with us, but it also means that we can't play games with God. And an awful lot of people try to do that. They try to live as though God doesn't see what they're doing or know the thoughts of their hearts or the actions of their lives. But God sees it all. So it's better for just for us to just be honest with God and to reckon with all those things. Did you know that in 2019, an astronaut actually called 911 from space? 
It was an accident. It was this Dutch astronaut, and he was on the International Space Station, and he was trying to call the uh, Johnson Space Center in Houston. And so what he did was he dialed nine for an outside line, like you do. I guess you do that on the Space Center. I don't know. He dialed nine, and then what he needed to do was dial the country code, and the country code for the U.S. is 011, only he skipped the zero. So he dialed 911. Well, down on Earth in the Houston Space Center, so first of all, I didn't know that they could you know, pick up the phone and call. But apparently with satellite technology, about 70% of the time when they call, it gets through. So pretty cool. But anyways, when he hit 911, all these alarms went off in the space center and they started searching through their facility, trying to figure out where this 911 call came from. And when they finally got to the room, which was the link to the, the space center, they realized the origin of the call was space which is just awesome to think about, isn't it? So the astronaut was a, a Dutch astronaut, Andres Kuypers, and he said that he was a little, little disappointed that they didn't come up and check it out, you know? <laughs> and while it's obvious that an emergency response to a call 200 miles above the Earth is uh, going to be kind of tough, it is nice to know that 911's there for you, even in space, right? And as amazing as it is to think that you can call 911 from space, the reality is that there's no place we could ever go in this world or in the universe that God wouldn't be there. This passage poetically says, if I go up to the heavens, God is there. If I go to the depths of the sea, God is there with me. Wouldn't we want to know a God who knows us, who's always with us, promises never to leave us. That's a great promise for us. So let's look at Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. It says this, I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our kids looked at all of Psalm 121 this week. And again, it's a, a poetic psalm. They generally are. But the point of this psalm is that we have a God who helps. And with the end of verse 2, the author reminds us, well, why is it that God has the power to help? Because he's the creator of heaven and earth. He's bigger than everything. And that's good news because we need help sometimes. We like to pretend, a lot of us, that we don't need any help and we'll refuse help a lot of the time, but we're actually playing kind of a little game with us because the reality of being human is the reality that we all need help once in a while. Like when our kids struggle and we don't know what to do. Like when our marriage gets rocky and we're not sure how to fix it. Like when we have a health crisis and the doctors are not sure what it is or what we should do. Or we have a financial crisis or there's a loss of a job. There are simply times in this life when every single one of us needs help. And I want you to know if you're here today and underneath your calm exterior, you're just feeling absolutely overwhelmed. Maybe you're feeling beaten down, tired out. Maybe you're feeling wounded and in pain. I want you to know that we have a God who helps. And that's a promise. A God who will lift you up and give you the power to get through whatever life has thrown at you. 
And I want to remind you that so often God's primary method of helping us is through his people. It's through his church. And this church is a great family that will help you with whatever struggles you may be experiencing in your life. Our kids heard the example of Joseph this week. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him and they did a terrible thing. They sold him into slavery. I can't imagine it getting too much worse than that. And yet God helped Joseph to get through that terrible experience. God helped Joseph to do something that probably seemed impossible to him. God helped in the long run for Joseph to actually be reconciled to his family. And I want you to know that the scripture says that nothing is impossible for God. And we get to those places where there is no one in this world who can help us. But nothing, again, is impossible for God. Wouldn't we want to know a God like that? So SpaceX, you probably heard of SpaceX, they pioneered um, the technology to uh, have rocket boosters return to Earth and be reused. Up until that point, they just got destroyed, you know, millions of dollars, and we had to make new ones. But they're able to make these reusable rocket boosters. But, you know, they weren't successful the first time. And so they released this video a couple of years ago, which was all of their most spectacular failures which I thought was kind of a, a cool thing. The video is called How Not to Land an Orbital Rocket Booster. Yeah, it's set to music and it has a caption over each of the rockets that explodes, all right? One of them shows Elon Musk, who's the CEO of SpaceX, and there's this rocket burning in the background and he says, well, it's just a scratch. <laughs> another one shows another rocket exploding and he says, well, technically it did land, just not in one piece. And this is my favorite one. You might remember this. It makes fun of this phrase that Elon Musk used about explosions. He called them the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of the rocket. <laughs> so they, they make fun of that in the video. So nobody's perfect, right? And with this video, SpaceX was just being honest about that truth about people and companies. The truth is that we, we're not perfect. We all blow it. And here's the thing. We don't just make mistakes. A mistake is I lock my keys in the car, you know. We don't just make mistakes. We sin. We do wrong things. And our sin does damage. It hurts people. It often hurts the people we love the most. It hurts us. And our sin is very real and it leaves us feeling guilt and shame and often with no way to really fix things. And it may leave us wondering if God even loves us anymore because of what we've done. Well, on Thursday, our kids looked at Romans 8:38, which says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present, nor the future, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this passage says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I want you to just let that sink in for a minute. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this passage, 
knows us well. And he knows that we're liable to question that. What we do is, I call it the yeah buts. He says, nothing can separate you from God. And we start in with the yeah buts. Yeah, but what if you do this and it's really bad? Yeah, but what if you do a whole bunch of, will God still love you then? And Paul anticipates that we're going to question it, that we're going to start yeah butting this amazing statement. And so what Paul does is preemptively, he puts up a bunch of examples to show that there is literally nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Neither angels nor demons, the present or future or powers or heights nor depths, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's the promise that Paul says is there for us. And I want you to notice that last phrase in verse 39 because it's super important. It's the promise not only that God will always love us, but that it is the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has such a great love for us that he came here literally in person to this world to tell us about it. He came here in the person of Jesus to tell us about his love and grace for us. And then while Jesus was here, he laid down his life for us. He lived the good and right life that each of us is supposed to live, and yet we don't. And then he took his good and right life and he offered it to God on the cross in the place of our sinful and broken lives. And when he did that, he brought forgiveness for our sin so that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even sin, if we seek God's forgiveness and he will always forgive us. Our God is even bigger than sin. Now we can choose to walk away from God and he won't stop us. He won't force us to know or love him, but God never turns his back on those who love him. And that is a promise for us and for our children. Don't we want to know a God like that? Our kids heard the story that Jesus told, the parable of the prodigal son. It's about a son who turned his back on his father and he left town and he went and did a a bunch of really bad things. But then he comes back. And you know the father in this story represents God. And the son comes back thinking he probably won't be accepted, but he is. The father receives him with open arms, with love and forgiveness because he loves his son. That's the same truth for us and for God our Father. So if you think that you've sinned too badly in the past, if you think you've sinned too much, that somehow you are disqualified from God's love, that somehow you are disqualified from ever being a good person, whatever that is, by the way, I want you to know that it's not true. That God always loves. That God always forgives. And all you have to do is ask, wouldn't we want to know a God like that? Last thing, on Friday, our kids heard about the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. A lot of times we don't want to talk about hard things like death with our kids. We want to shield them from those kinds of things. But honestly, I don't think that we do them any favors when we do that. Because death is real. It's in 
inevitable that everyone will experience the loss of someone. And it's better that our children be prepared ahead of time for when that happens. Because it's awful to lose people and it's scary to think about our own mortality. Death is our biggest fear. And yet the Bible says, as you heard the kids say, that God is even bigger than death. And God proved that this promise is real in Jesus. Jesus died and rose again to break the power of death, to break the power of sin. And when Jesus did that, he literally opened the door, opened the way to heaven for us. This is the reason, our last verse, John eleven twenty five. this is why Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. If we put our faith in Jesus, we have hope because we know a God who has a place for us beyond this life. And it really, honestly, it really does take faith because you cannot receive that hope and you cannot receive that promise. You cannot receive these gifts from a God that you don't believe exists. And so it does require us to step out in faith and to say, God, I trust you. I just want to receive the gifts that you have for me. So during the Cold War, uh, that time when the old Soviet Union was at its height, that communist regime that was so famously an atheistic regime, there was a time when a Russian cosmonaut came back from space and he reported this. He said, some people say God lives out there. I looked around and I didn't see any God out there. Well, in response to this, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, uh, she had this to say. She said, he was looking in the wrong place. Uh, if he had stepped outside of the spaceship without his spacesuit on, he'd have met God very quickly. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. It's obviously a funny thing. It's a joke on some level, but there's a truth there. Absolutely, there is a truth there. Death has a powerful ability to take us to a deep place where we cut through all of the games that we sometimes play, where we cut through all of the things that we think that we know and we realize how much we need hope. Where we realize how much we truly need help in this life. And the good news is that we have a big God who's bigger than everything because he made everything. Who's bigger than our problems, again, because he made everything who is always with us, will never leave us, is always ready to help. Friends, these are the promises of God for us and for our children. Wouldn't we want to know a God like that? Amen. Pray with me. Lord, we pray that you would just help us, each of us, to know the goodness of who you are and of your promises more deeply. Because we need you. We need help. We need hope. We need a promise beyond this life. Speak to our hearts deeply this day about these promises for us and for our children. In Jesus' name, amen.